Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to witness some scenes from the next attraction to play this theater. This picture, truly one of the most unusual ever filmed, contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person or the parent of a young or impressionable child now in attendance, that you and the child leave the auditorium for the next 90 seconds. about to see a few moments from an extraordinary gut-crunching movie that will make you get down and shout, I am proud to be a black man. I'll tell you where it's at. Black power. That's where it's at. That's right, Granny. Black power. Right on. <laughs> Shame to make her an orphan. Just do like you told. Ain't no rally gonna get hurt. <laughs> now we put the cuts together and shake opposite hands. It's done. We're blood brothers. Now you better believe it, Burhead. Now get your ass in here. Hey, Joey. How are you, man? Where the hell are you been? Dance, goddammit! Dance! Well, I kind of decided not to come out. So I'll see you later, huh? You sure? Anything wrong? Any of you black ass coons hungry? Yes, we're hungry. Close, monkey face. But not quite on the nose. I say any of you black ass coons hungry, and you're supposed to say, Eat this! You mother... Yeah! All right, no more killing. 
no difference to me how you get it, coon. Turner! Now let's all stand up and cheer the brother who taught America the meaning of the word courage. Staying alive. Yeah. And welcome back. We just got done seeing Fight for Your Life, a.k.a. Staying Alive. So you want to tell us a little bit about it then? So you have three convicts who break out of a, a New York State prison. Well, they don't actually break out of the prison. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, 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 right. they're being transit. They're yeah. being transit. They're, on the, they're in the van being transported, and a car gets in the way of the van and almost causes a wreck, and these guys use this as a circumstance to overpower the guard, right. and get out of the van, and steal the car, which is owned by a pimp. You know, if I am going to try and get away from a scene of a crime, the last fucking thing I am going to do is steal a pimp's ride and a pimp's clothes. Oh, I'm not yeah. going to try and get away with a big old fur coat and... <laughs> And, and this movie is doing the whole New York exploitation thing. I mean, you've got a bank, you've got a robber, you know, who just robs a store, locks over some kind of store. Then you've got a pimp and his whore, you know, under an L track, you know, and they say, bitch, you better give me my money type of thing. Where's my blow? Or whatever. You know, yeah. Get your ass turned out, bitch. And, uh, you know, then you got the pimp mobile and he's got the pimp clothing and stuff. And then shit just breaks down from there. Right. And they could have kept it entirely in. New York City, but they decided instead to go upstate to a more pastoral dairy country type of town. You know, where everybody knows everybody and it doesn't matter what race you are, everybody's in this community together. Okay, here you've got a black exploitation movie and you've got this black family who are the stars uh, of the movie. And nobody, aside from the convicts who are very unpleasant people, comments on their <coughs> ethnicity. It's just a fact of life. They're black, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very progressive type of Except town, apparently. Very yeah, accepting. But one of the things that you really would have thought of when you in in the circumstances of uh, Turner being the 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 pastor of a church is that typically when you have a black pastor, it's a black congregation. But it's very evident. It's an open accepting. The white police officer obviously goes to that church. That's how I yeah. read it. There's a couple of uh, interracial relationships, not necessarily a sexual one with one of them. You've got the pastor's older son. He was probably about 21. He's military joining age. And he is in a relationship with this white chick. And he dies off screen before the movie. And so you've got that relationship. And then you have the two kids where it's the uh, pastor's younger son, probably about 10, and the sheriff's uh, son, who's a white dude. And they're both about 10. And they're blood brothers. And they're both just kind of friends. And no comment on, hey, you're a black dude. I'm a white dude. I thought it was interesting that the, the Turner family is a very cross-section of the audience. You have the grandmother who is this, she's, you know, 60-ish and she has seen shit in the 30s. She saw life when racism was, was rampant. You have the pastor, the father, who is this pacifist, basically. He is all about, he's a good Christian, he turns the other cheek. Yeah. You have the young boy who is a idealistic Black Panther wannabe. You have the older daughter who is very continental and very accepting. So there is this wide spectrum of people in the family. Mm -hmm. and, and the mother is a very, uh, you know, centered 
kind of almost like the pants in the family type. She's very aggressive, but also has a, a, a good head on her shoulders. She knows when to pull back. The head, she's also leery <laughs> of white people. She wasn't really sure of the, uh, of the, 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 the white chick who's coming over for dinner. She was kind of leery of the white guy. Oh, and, and one thing I did notice, and, and this is going in the way the family um, has focused on various things. There are pictures on the wall, and central in, on the wall at the top is a picture of Dr. King, and right below, a picture of JFK and RFK together, mm -hmm. which shows where their, their uh, loyalties lie with uh, various figures of authority. And I thought it was also interesting that the racial diversity does not stop at the the uh, the family, because mm -hmm. the criminals are also wildly diverse. You've got uh, William Sanderson, who is comes from Kentucky and is a white redneck dude. You've got um, the the Asian dude, and you've got the Mexican dude, and William Sanderson. He's the one going through this movie, and basically he is the central villain of the piece and he is racist as fuck yeah i mean he call his two partners in crime whom have he's brought he's treated them with distasteful i mean he, he called ch chink yeah he says chink he says spick he pretty much launches every epitaph i mean in, i mean he's using nigger and coon and you know spook and and you know all these words i mean Every single one he can think of. I mean, Dr. Martin Luther Kuhn, you know, for yeah, instance. Yeah, I was like... Several times, like, holy crap. And I mean, it's just unending. It's obviously, this guy comes from a place and era where that shit was just getting tossed around. He's using it all on yeah, these people. Absolutely. Every single thing he can use to degrade this family. Well, and one of the interesting character developments that he has is later on in the movie, it's revealed that his, uh, his mom... No, his dad left... For, with a black chick, or his mom left. No, his mom, his mom left, left with a black with, man. Yeah, with a black man. So that's where all the racism comes from. So there's character development for this incredibly racist white redneck. Oh, and there's one other character in the movie that's kind of prominent that we actually should mention because he is the man, the cop. There's the cop that's chasing the three criminals, and he is a very strict, very by the book. There's uh, one of the other cops. He's like, "Hey, booze out of the uh, the liquor store hold up crime scene," and he's like, "Hey, you can't take you can't take that. That's contaminating the crime scene." And he's like, "Okay, I'm sorry." So he's a very strict motherfucker, yeah. and he's he's got a major character arc here. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he's really starting... He doesn't, you know, quickly change. It takes a period of time, but he starts seeing things, you know, a little differently, starts loosening up. Eventually, the cop winds up pretty much letting the black priest kill Cain, which is a pretty huge thing to do mm -hmm. yeah. when you're this hard-ass. Yeah. And, and part of the motivation is this guy has killed... Uh, you know, this kid, this 10-year-old boy. Oh, yeah, the know, blood brother. Yeah, blood brother of, of uh, Ted Turner's uh, younger son and killed his father, who's one of the other sheriffs. And raped the, the, raped the, the daughter. The daughter. Yeah. So basically, he's like, okay, justice will not be meted out properly. I'm going to turn a blind eye and let it be meted Natural out here. Justice. And his eye for an eye. The, the point that sets that in motion is they've got this... Oh yeah, Audio, parabolic, parabolic thing. microphone thing, so they can listen in on what's going on inside the house. Well, the officers can't seem to get it working. So the 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 the, the big city cop goes over to the small t the small town cops. He says, "Here, let let me try." Puts the headphones on, and he literally like, wham, smack, perfect audio. <laughs> the grandma's got the gun, and she's like, 
and the and the mother is like, "You've raped my daughter. You've broken my heart by doing that. You've ruined her. You've ruined her." And then it's the mother who says that eye for an eye, and he's just like, "You know what? I can I can go with that." And one of the cops goes, "Hey, are you hearing anything?" And he takes the headphones off and goes, "No, I can't hear a thing." The only regret I have about the movie, now this is a pretty strong movie all stopped to, to start to finish. The only regret I have is that the interracial marriage subplot really doesn't do anything other than it's another person for them to kill. What would have been really cool is if the, um, the, the white lady had been at the farm at mm -hmm. the time. And so they could have held her hostage too. And they're all like confused about why are you, you are one of us, why are you hanging out with these niggers? And I thought that would have been really powerful. That would have added a good, a good, a good strong point. Alternately, also, the boy has a friend who's white and is really chummy. Right. And, I mean, there's a bit where, where the boy has come to the door and the guy is standing behind the door. He's got the kid, you know, like, you got to get rid of, you know. And after... He blows Joey off, and Joey's like, "Okay, fine, see you later," and he leaves. The guy gives them gives him no grief. He just is like, "How dare you be having a white?" There's a plot point they could have gone with that, right? Same kind of thing. I the first time I saw this, I thought they were suddenly going to veer into Last House on the Left Territory. They were just going to absolutely fuck well, these people up, and they did the to a point. The scenes really starts. The scene that I know you're thinking of. Is the girl is more or less she her she's come out of that depth of where a person would go after being raped three times, and she's walking slowly and purposefully across the room, and she's got one of those seventies electric carving knives, and she just got it on. You can hear it as she's walking across the room, and as you see it, the blades going, and he's Kane's like. Fuck, I'm dead. And she's just like... And, she and then she doesn't do it. She yeah. can't do it because she's spent. I mean, she's emotionally <coughs> spent at this point. It was all she could do just to walk across the floor as yeah. stiff-legged as she was. But I think not only just spent, but I also I think it was that 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 moral fiber of... Even, even after everything that's... All of those bad things that have happened to me now, I can't be bad. I think that's, I, that's how I read it, but... Alternately, you're saying the spent part, yeah, kind of a, a, a version of PTSD. Yeah, she's going, she's going. She's I've, u I've used myself up. I can't do this, and and and, and uh, it's also some fear because I mean, the family eventually got the best of Cain, and they could have carved him up. I mean, all the women and uh, the younger son had knives because the younger son had knocked the switchblade that the uh, Puerto Rican had had he was out of Kane's hand. Yeah, he, and he used a slat of wood to knock it out of Yeah, Kane's it was a bit hand. of the firewood, I think. And he grabbed it, and then the women grabbed kitchen knives, and they moved in on him. And they could have, you know, there were four of them against one of him, but they were also afraid because this guy's a vile criminal. They don't know what he's capable of. And this kid, you know, he Kane is taunting him. You know, go on, boy, cop me up, stick me. He's like, I'll poke you. It's like, go on, do it. He couldn't do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know he could because he's a kid. He doesn't have any barometer for this sort of thing. He just likes to run around and have fun with his friends. He's never committed, probably never committed a vile act like no, stabbing yeah. somebody. And that is completely realistic. 
but the, the but then you get to the end of the movie where the pastor, you know, the cop throws the gun to the pastor mm -hmm. and he just absolutely fucking blows Kane away. Yes. Uh, so oh it's like I am at the tipping point. What I would have done was I would have moved the Kane. Kane beats him with a Bible and is like, turn the other mother cheek, turn, turn the cheek, you motherfucker, and beats him with the Bible to unconsciousness. What I would have done was I would have moved that up a little bit in the story and then played them the two off, the yin-yang. I am the thing that you hate, you are going to become like me, and build up that story arc so that at the end, he's just this absolutely cathartic release, like, you motherfucker, and blows him the fuck away. I think that would have reinforced the, the, the story point that we're trying to get to strongly. That, that, that last scene, Ted is, is very manipulative. He works it well. He's trying to, he's, I, 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 the way I read it is, is he seriously wasn't, he had, he wasn't fearing dying. No, but he wasn't, he wasn't fearing death because he knew Cain wouldn't do it. That's how I read it. Shoot me! Go ahead. And Kane's like, "No, I'm I'm a tough motherfucker. See, I've got this gun to your wife's head." Ah, uh, and yet he can't deliver. And he can, and he doesn't deliver. And I think that was the driving point of yeah. See, this is racism. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> there, a lot of talk, no action. And and you know, I mean, uh, Ted is really just wearing him down. I mean, he is kicking him in the manlyhood big time. And then Grandma gets in and she starts baking a pie of oh fuck you and, and slams him in the face with it. You know, oh my God, her vocabulary went from a very good Christian grandma to fuck you, motherfucker. You I'm going to shoot you in the balls. Like you pick a wood, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, holy shit, unload this shit on him. Yeah. Okay, William Sanderson absolutely steals the fucking oh, show. Yeah. However, the grandma comes in right behind him. She is such a badass granny. Yeah, she is. And one of the things that I noticed throughout the entire film from even when before Kane and his two stooges Larry and Daryl and Daryl as you <laughs> wanted to put it Larry, Daryl and Daryl before they show up even at dinner she still has this stoic matter of fact but she does have some fire to her because yeah. uh, early on she says black power, you know, thrusts mm -hmm. her arm in the air in the way that a younger person of that era would have done like a Black Panther, like my mother would have done. Yeah. But even when the trouble starts, th there's never a hint of fear on her because she has probably seen so much shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She literally has this, this again. There is nothing you can do give, to me that I have, have not seen. Yeah, mm -hmm. give, give me the chance, and you're you're done. You're not you're nothing to me. And that's one of the interesting things about the movie. Now you you can quickly dismiss this as just this fluff piece of okay racist trash. I think the movie does have a message, and you look at the average black exploitation movie. Back in, before the black exploitation craze took off, you had the black people were mostly servants and slaves in movies, and they didn't have a lot of character depth to them. And then come along Shaft and Sweetback's uh, song, and all of a sudden you have black heroes and black role models and Pam Greer and people you can look up to, right? You can look mm -hmm. up to these people. So the black exploitation movie is basically taking power back from man. Hell, Sweetback's song ends with 
a badass nigger is coming to collect his dues. So that is primarily the theme of a black exploitation movie. This movie kind of takes that and turns it on its ear, where you have white people dominating black people all the way through, but until the very end, where it's this cathartic release of black people rising up and and dealing out justice where it needs to be dealed out. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of a microcosm of oppression. It's like basically like a plantation type of deal or like a little mini civil war where you've mm-hmm. got the whites slapping down the blacks and then eventually they they revolt and right. they get and they get theirs. So the message is taking back the power. Mm-hmm. Kane even had a line where he said something like a measure of a man is the power he takes. Mm-hmm. So there is something to this movie. It's not just a fluff, racist oh, no. movie. No. no, this is an important film I think that sh- people should see, uh, especially in this day and age. I mean, with all the shit going on, it's just endless racism yeah. and sexism and stuff and homophobia. And there is a there is some slight homophobia in this because uh, the Turner family uh, surmised that Cain might in fact be gay or situationally gay since he was in prison. It was possibly rape. He says, I ain't no faggot. Don't call me a faggot. You know, I ain't no faggot. And so, well, you know... You said a woman loved you. Where is she? Why isn't she with you? And his manhood's being attacked again. You know, he has, you know, small dick syndrome. I mean, that's basically... What is it, what is it the, you know, the grandmother said to him? You ain't nothing but what you've got in your hand. And your pappy should have thought about that before he stuck it in your mammy. Yeah, he's got that forty-five, and she's just like, you ain't nothing but what you're holding in your hand. And he's been holding it up people's heads and not pulling the trigger the entire time when yeah. he could have just taken somebody out. He, had, he did fire it off a couple of times to make Ted dance. And there's a lot of southern, you know, type of stuff. Oh. You know, with the knees slapping dance. Oh, and he, yeah. he makes Ted dance, you know. Like there's the a southern lynching slaves. almost. Yeah, except quiet. it's, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 Well, I think when the tables have been turned and Ted's commentary, this is how you thank Aunt Jemima's hospitality. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he just Damn. clocks him. He just starts <laughs> clocking Kane. It turned the other cheek and he's hitting him back only with a closed fist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, you are absolutely 100% right that this movie is as important and as relevant today as it is back in the 70s, back in 74 when it was made. Yeah, I would actually even pr- say more so. We are in a world of shit and racism. Yeah. And something like this could be a powerful message. There is a subplot. Now, these guys are planning on leaving the country because they're on the run from the cops. They want to oh. get to Canada and then go to Europe. And they keep bringing up France over and over again. And I thought that was interesting because in France, back in the 20s, you know, you had really popular entertainers, you know, that, uh, you know, black entertainers. Yeah, no, jazz music, it, jazz music in France was big. And I'm thinking, you know, there's this whole, that brought that to mind, Josephine Baker, mm. you know, was really popular until her death. And I thought, he keeps bringing up France, and he, uh, and, you know, Kane has this whole thing that he wants to start over, you know, mm. and someplace else. Well, he very clearly has never been outside of Kentucky, or wherever the hell he's been in the South. He, he, has, he yeah. has never been outside of his community. I think the bit about France getting brought up. Uh, uh, Chino uh, Rodriguez, he's been shot in the nuts and he's in a whole lot of pain and I want to go to France and he dies. (laughs) I'm just like, "Eh, you're not going to France. (laughs) 
And then, what's the hell? and then Ling gets, you know, he gets the, the condominium treatment. You know, oh if you ever God. saw that festering oh. 70s movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he gets that big time. You know, yeah, he but, dives through a window and, like, gets impaled on this shard of glass. Huge. And, and right and through, right his, through his, back. his back. I mean, just his big ass. Yeah. Like, there's no way he, that happened. Whatever. Well, it was so God. cool. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it shows him with the it's sticking out the front, and he's doing the, uh, and he falls forward, and you hear the, and it pans up, and it's sticking out of his back, and it's like, oh. Okay. And it cuts to cops going, Ugh. Ugh. All right. Being that this isn't a slasher movie, we don't have a lot of choice for uh, to pick from, but... What was your favorite kill? Kane. He really got it. I mean, this is the big build-up, what you've been waiting for, and mm. blam! Just right in the, right up in the thorax. Took him out. Yeah, this big, nasty squib. And it ended perfectly. The, the picture slows down, and it's nice and grainy, like a like a exploitation mm -hmm. movie you'd see and, in some dark theater. And, and because of what, with the chill in the air, you see Kane's last breath. Wow. <sighs> Come out of his oh, mouth. I didn't notice that. You see the oh, very That was like his last breath as he's falling over. Nice. And, and back then they didn't use squibs. They used the they used the fishing line trick. So oh they yeah, get, they get it all line, set right? up and the wires out. So when when you know, bang and the person rips and. Bleh. All right. What is your favorite kill? My favorite kill. I have to. Kane. I mean, no, 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 you got to pick a different one. I got to pick a different. You got to well, pick a different one. Rodriguez, I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting shot in the balls. You guys shot in the balls. Uh, Captain Nets. And, yeah, and twitching like you're having an epileptic seizure from having getting shot in the balls and yeah i'm going to i'm going to switch things up a little bit i'm not going to go with the third criminal as you might think i'm going to go with the cop at the very beginning that kane whips out the gun and just shoots a guy about that far away and you see just this explosion of blood out from behind his head it was a really brutal kill yeah so that one my favorite yeah although i got to give props to the the thing sticking out the guy's back that was pretty fucking uh -huh. awesome <laughs> So does it belong in the video nasty list? It's not a nasty. It's a very expertly done psychodrama with some extreme violence in it in some areas. It's a very intense movie. Yes, it's intense, but the violence isn't there to sicken. It's there to cast characters in a particular light. At the end of the day, it's just a word. And I think that it's not there to shock, it's not there to titillate, it's there to drive home a message. Mm -hmm. So I think that banning it for a word is fucking irresponsible. Even though there's violence in it, much of the violence is off screen, or it's used in a suspenseful way, but not exploited. Does not belong in the video now, still completely acquitted, this is irresponsible to be yeah. on the list. Did we like Fight for Your Life? Loved it. I really enjoyed it. It's a good film. I thought it was a strong flick. It had a good social commentary. It had some well-written characters. And it was a very compelling story. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that was a pretty short segment. You got anything left to say? Well, I think I've said it all right there. You got anything? All right, well, there we go. Fucking awesome movie. Yes. And there we go, a cavalcade of racism and revenge. 
Be sure to check back in next week when we take a look at Toxic Zombies, a.k.a. Forest of Fear. Although, I should have said those two names backwards because we're in the S, not the T's. I'm an idiot. In the meantime, please uh, drop us a note because we'd love to hear from you if there's somebody out there. The email address is thevideonastyproject at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Get the fuck you out motherfuckers! Of here. I'll get your ass!